Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. What a show we have for you today, my friends. Um, we got a couple, we got a couple running backs and I got a father of a running back who used to kind of catch passes and was awesome. Uh, let me just kind of read you the list of, uh, people that are going to join us today. Okay. Um, these are not humble brags. These are just brags. It's just, that's, that's just what it is. Najee Harris is about to join us. Of course, star running back, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, we will talk a little bit about Russell Westbrook. This whole thing is fascinating What the Lakers apparently have finally come to admit LeGarrette Blunt who, of course, the former NFL running back and three-time Super Bowl champion, Patriots, Eagles. He'll join us later on this hour. Steady Eddie McCaffrey will join us next hour. That is, of course, the father of, among other McCaffreys, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Jonathan Allen, a star defensive tackle for the Washington Commanders. That doesn't just slide off the tongue yet, but it will eventually. The commies. No, we can't say commies. No, the command, the danders, the anders. I'm not really sure what the hell we're going to shorten commanders, but Jonathan Allen will, will join us. Um, Alexander Madison, the vulture, score, the vulture touchdown scoring running back, um, along with Dalvin Cook for the Minnesota Vikings, and Cam Jordan's going to jo- join us as well. We'll talk about the Saints, Dennis Allen being promoted to head coach, and what that means for the Saints in his own personal future. Plus, Annie Agar is going to join us. If you don't know who Annie is, you ever seen those um, viral sensations where – whether it's the NFL playoff meetings or the regular season meetings or the bowl game, whatever meetings. Anyway, uh, she'll join us later on the show. So we got a, a ton to get to. But um, I, I do think the story of the day in sports is going to continue to be the NBA with the trade deadline kind of curiously tomorrow, right? Um, and what it means for the Lakers, what it means for Ben Simmons and James Harden. We'll get to all of that. But first, let, let, let's catch up with the, with the dude who he's only played one year in the league. And what did he do? Well, he just played in the Pro Bowl. Um, that's that's kind of cool. That means that you're good at what you do. Najee Harris joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You're a vet now. No longer rookie. You're, <laughs> I'm a vet now? You're, you're a vet. Oh, is that how it works? I, I think so, right? By, 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 by definition. What was it like for you this year? I mean, it was good, man. Uh, I learned a lot. Um, my first year in the NFL was was. It was a challenge, which I love. I love challenges, and uh, I'm always up. I'm always willing to, to take on the challenges. So you know, it was pretty good. Um, okay, so from Bay Area, Bay Area to Bama <laughs> to Western Pennsylvania, everywhere, man. Okay, so but but for just living, working, what was that experience like? Of a different part of the country, a, a different sort of culture, a, a different that environment. Was, I think the biggest thing was the culture and the weather. It's a big difference. Alabama is humid as hell, yeah. bro. But it's, you know, I actually learned a lot of Alabama, so it's so humid that I actually just, you know, I was falling out of practices a lot. You know what I mean? Just, just I, I couldn't do it. But, it, like, two years into it, I finally re- I realized, like, it's actually the best place to train at in this weather. Um, so, you know, I kind of got adjusted to that. I'm still kind of struggling. Um, yeah. And then I went to Pittsburgh when it's just cold as hell. Yes. It was actually pretty nice. But, you know, when it gets around that time, it was pretty cold. Um, seeing the snow, making snowmen and stuff like that. So 
it's pretty cool, man, to, to to experience all types of aspects of, you know, I never been out the country, so sure. I'm thinking, you know, to be to witness everything, you know, in all types of states, you know, seeing the culture, how everything is, how people move, you know what I mean, how their cities is. It's pretty cool. Um, you play for Mike Tomlin, who's never had a losing season. Yeah. You got to play Ben Roethlisberger's last season. But but Tomlin specifically and the, the Steelers, to, to go from the culture of winning in championships at Alabama to the culture at, they, they say the standard is the standard, standard, standard. right, with, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, again, we're just outsiders and we hear that. You experienced it. What is it? What does it mean? What what has allowed that franchise and that coaching staff to consistently achieve better than most of the rest of the league? Yeah, so what I mean by the standard is a standard is like, you know, this is how a stiller is supposed to play. Right. You know, I mean, this is what it means to be a stiller, you know. Um, this is the standard right here. So the standard is, you know, never quit. You know, I mean, you always got to fight through the end. You know, I mean, fight for everything. You know, I mean, nothing is given out here. Um, so, you know, this year, you know, I mean, we had a lot of ups and downs, but we're a really young team where we're trying to get to the standard. You know, I mean, um, on the offensive side, that's what I could speak for. So, you know, just us just keep learning and keep um, getting more experience. You know, like you said, I guess I'm a veteran. So the rookies now being now, veterans. Yeah, now you can call people young buck. You can <laughs> yeah. use all the different words that they phrase. Uh, hey, hey, young buck. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, for all of us to, to, you know, gain more experience and keep willing to get better, you know, then we're going to reach what the standard is. Um, what was your other question? <laughs> that, that, that was yeah. it. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that was it. Um, if I were to tell you that the Cincinnati Bengals would be playing in the Super Bowl, you played against them twice, they're in their division, <laughs> what would your reaction have been? Man, well, football, you don't know what's, you know, this is like the most uncertain sport ever. You know, I mean, you could say at the beginning of the year, okay, it's going to be the Buccaneers again and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. You could say it's going to be the Bills and uh, I got the Patriots, whatever. But, you know, there's always just that one team you just – where they come from? You know what I mean? What makes this Bengals so good is, you know what I mean, they got good receivers, good running backs, you know what I mean, good quarterback, defense make plays. But just that they're really young. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're they're really young and good, and they and they all play together. But when you walked out the field after playing the Bengals, did you go like, man, that team was good? Or like, uh, like what was the – what was the – you I mean, played against them? Compare that to, like, when you played the, the Chiefs. You guys played the Chiefs, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so they got a really explosive offense. Yes. You know what I mean? But, you know what I mean? Of course I'm, I'm walking. So I mean, like, look, if good. I were to tell you that they would hold the Chiefs to three points in the second half, both times they played them. Hmm. And Tyreek Hill was healthy. Travis Kelsey was healthy. Right? And they had Pat Mahomes. Like, what happened to Mahomes in the second half of that game? I'd never seen him play like that in, in, the, in the NFL, especially in the playoffs. Everybody has their day, man. He he's not a bad player. I'll tell no, you that. No, he's much. a great player. <laughs> I'll tell you that. But um, you know, what I mean, I, they, they just make the the plays at the right moments. You know, what I mean, with us, you know, what I mean, they, you know, they 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 had a, a pretty good team. You know, what I mean, they they're they're so well balanced on offense, both offense and defense. But the old their their D line is very underrated. Yes, I feel like Hendrickson's a good ass player. You know, I mean, they got they got good secondaries. They got good backers who's like you know, just just willing to do the right things. You know, what I mean, so. Yeah, I mean they're 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 a really good team. You know, what I mean it's hard to say they're not a good team. Sure, like where they at? Look where we at. You know, what I mean they're they're a really good team. Um, so, you know, what I mean shout out to the Bengals and everybody over there. You guys played in SoFi, of course, played against the Chargers. You guys Chargers. had to come back late. That was an exciting game. A game I'm a Charger guy, so to watch mm. that, I was dying. Hey, Justin to, Herbert here, man. He's he's the dude, man. He, he, he's he's the truth. For yeah, sure. he he is, he is the truth. What's that? What's that Palace like though? You played in a ton of places. What's SoFi like? SoFi, the probably the best two places I played at. Was Minnesota and SoFi. That's that, that, SoFi. SoFi is nice, man. Um, especially when the Chargers, when they did the little Chargers thing, they 
their whole, all their their you know appearances coming out and stuff like that. Yeah, the lightning bolts, <laughs> lightning and bolts. That stuff was dope. Bro. I was there, I was there. They played the Raiders, and there was actually lightning outside the building, and that was like that Wait, was. Hold up, what? Well, there's a thunderstorm. Well, no, nah, no, nah, I think that's too that's too crazy. You know what I mean? Yes. I might want to get inside right there because we run a lot of metal. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I they delayed the game. I don't know if you remember. There was Monday Night Football. They delayed the game because of, because of the, the, the lightning storm. And Wait, was that for us to get in the, uh, in the playoffs? Because if they tied. No, that was the first one. Oh, okay, the, okay. That was the, the second one was in Vegas. Okay, okay, That was okay. the crazy game. Okay, okay. so perfect segue. <laughs> perfect segue. You're watching that game. Oh, what is man. that? What is that experience like of watching the game where you're like, what if they misses this field goal? They're going to tie this thing, and we're not going to. Exactly. Because after you guys won your last regular season game, it was on. You're going to the playoffs. What's the chance of somebody ties? What's right? the chance of somebody ties? What was Man, that like listen, for you to watch? I watched. Where were you? So I was at. So we had our game. You know what I mean? So bang, that happened. We got back. I watched. I was watching. It was like there was about two touchdowns. The Raiders, I think. Yeah. Are you at home? Yeah, I'm at Pittsburgh. Yeah. No, Pittsburgh. but at, at your house. Yeah, I'm at my house, yeah. Oh, you're not like at a bar, sports bar? No, you're no, with no, some boys. no, no, hell no, no. I was at my house chilling, boy. Okay. After a game? What? Yeah, I, I'm just <laughs> yeah, asking. No, I go home and chill. Okay. So I suddenly get up by two touchdowns. I went upstairs, called it a day. But my phone blowing up. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm like, what the hell, bruh? Bruh, go downstairs right now and watch the game. I'm like, what? Bruh, go downstairs right now and watch the game. I go downstairs. Man. Goddamn tied up. <laughs> and then I'm, and then like, I'm like, you know, if the if I think it was a Chargers head coach, if he didn't call a timeout, yeah. I think it would have been the tie. I don't think so. I think it would have been a tie. They, the Chargers, they supposedly they they got they got they they felt like they got better. You know, they they subbed in their what? better run stopping defensive lineman. Was, That's why they called a timeout. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I would have let it play out because it was working in your favor. Like, because if, if they would have tied, then they both would have went in. Yes, and you would have been home. You know. I'm not the coach, but hey, you know, if it was me, I would just let me see what they're doing here. I would have chilled. Let me see, but you know, he's a head coach. He know what he's doing. I don't. I'm just a player. <laughs> Najee Harris uh, uh, joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Trail. Okay, you're here representing the American Cancer Society. I think a lot of people, because of your immense amount of success in college, know at least a portion of your your personal story. Um, yeah. But w- what is it like for you to receive the rightful respect? For your personal journey and your professional journey, right? It ain't just that your your per, per, your personal journey is great. Like you're a pro bowler, you got drafted, you performed, all that, and represent the American Cancer Society. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it's big. You know, we, we I raised the most money, but it's it's, it's crazy to see. You know, we, I made a commercial with the American Cancer Society and raised the most money to give back uh, to um to, to patients. But you know, it's it's crazy how like you know, you know my 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 following our fan base. You know, it was it was a lot of people. I think it was like the most viewed one, and then um, you know to see like my following. You know, or that like you know, believe me so much to like to. Does, that that hasn't resonated. You haven't. You didn't know that. No, not at all, sir. <laughs> not at all, actually. So that's why I'm kind of like I'm 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 more of amazed with with the, the people who donated in and for the American. See, I I think uh, this is just me. I think that because you're a Cali guy and you killed it at Bama. It's like you got two different regions of the country that cheer yeah. for you, right? Like California people are like, that's our guy, <laughs> right? And when you're, when you're dominating college football and you get drafted, and now you throw in Western Pennsylvania, which is a complete – and Steeler Nation is Steeler gigantic. Nation is huge, But man. you throw in the Bama, California, and Steeler Nation, and that's why you have such a gigantic following. I didn't know and that. And you're actually pretty good at what you do. That, that, like all of those things seem to be working well for you. Trust me, it's, it surprised me. You know, it's a, it surprised me so much that, like, every time where, like, it's a turnout where I go somewhere. And, it, like, I had something in Vegas. It was, like, a small little, like, uh, event. 
we posted like three days like a pop-up shop and then like it was just a huge turnout i'm like man like people really like support me yes <laughs> you know I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy so you know i'm i'm always grateful for the american cat society to to help me um you know partner with me to help do this you know if they need anything else i'm always here um so I mean, thank you for the American Cancer Society and for the people who donated. And, and all the things you've done for your home area of Antioch in Oakland, California. It's, yeah. it's, it's absolutely awesome stuff. Congrats on year one. Can't wait to see a year two. Thanks for being our guest. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. So Pleasure's much. mine. That's the great Najee Harris joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. You're not going to believe this, but there's apparently some more drama with Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. I know. I know you're stunned. I'm surprised as well. Give you my take on it next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Tyler Lockett joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Here's I, I got a quick Booker T. Washington story for Uh-oh. you. Okay? Booker T. is a great high school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where, where you went. So, um... Uh, R.W. McCorders. Yeah. You're familiar with, with, with Dub, right? Of course. So, R.W. McCorders was a star at Oklahoma State. And the year before I got there, he was a junior cornerback, but he also actually played a ton of basketball. Hmm. He was he was he was the backup point guard off the bench because they were slim in numbers. They had injuries. They had some guys transfer out. So for at least ten years, he did not speak to me because, <laughs> and I didn't even know. Like I didn't know he was mad at me, but he was on the. And when I signed there to play basketball, and I'd sat out of here, I had three years. The, our coach called him in, and he was like, "Look, man, we love you." You still be on the team, but you're just not going to play anymore because we actually recruited a point guard. We didn't have one. And then he ended up, you know, playing, and he was a star, and he went and was drafted by the Bears and had a great NFL career. So, anyway, R-Dub and I are good. I know you cared about that one. <laughs> no, but that means that, you know, you pushed them in the right direction. I, I, yeah, I did. <laughs> That's what that means. Just, just, just play football. How would you characterize your season this year? Man, I thought that I had one of the best seasons of my career. I mean, obviously um, – for me, I had the most receiving yards. I didn't have as many catches as I had the year before. Um, was able to have touchdowns. But I think the biggest thing is as you get older, what a lot of people ask is the question, can he still go deep? Is he still a deep threat? Um, he had 100 catches, 1,054 yards. But it was like he was averaging 10 yards a catch, right? But now this year he's catching all of these deep balls. He's running past people. That's the question that people have as you get older because they thought that I lost that. And so for me, I think it just shows that, no, I'm just making the most of my opportunities. I showed you that sometimes I don't get a chance to go deep all the time, but I can make those under, you know, the under 10-yard catches, get what I can get, get down. But when I do get chances to be able to be a deep threat and to do stuff going deep, I'm still able to have that access as well. So for me, that's what it was about, is making the best of it. What What is that like, though, to balance out the fact that you feel like, hey, this is the best year of my career, I'm an all-pro, and 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 yet the team doesn't see the success? And, and the same really goes for, like, the offense and the offensive coordinator. Like, you bring in a new offense, new offensive coordinator, there's a lot of good to take from it, even if the team didn't see the same success. But how do you balance that, your own personal success, with your team's success? Well, I mean, it's hard. It's, it's hard because when you're not winning and you're – able to have you know a successful season individually it's hard because you want to be able to have that end to be able to win games and just like I was telling people earlier I'm like there's not like there's a lot of stuff that we have to change when you look at the games that we lost we were winning we were beating Tennessee by like a three possession game in the fourth quarter and we lost you know what I mean we 
came back and we were in overtime with the Steelers, had everything going for it, and then we lost. We lost it with the Rams, and we had a, t- a chance to win. We lost to Minnesota when we were already up at halftime. When you look at, like, a lot of the games that we put ourselves in a bad position, we just didn't finish. But if you look at the previous years, the last two years that we've played, we were beating teams by three and seven. And so we were beating them on last play drives. Yeah, I man, it's you like know? every Seahawks game ever. I, I, as Dan Byer, he's, uh, Dan's a, a huge Seahawks fan. Right. right. And I always joke, like, every Seahawks fan seemingly looks the same. It's Russell Wilson running around trying to find one of you guys. You know, he's just scrambling around, and sometimes he makes plays, and sometimes he doesn't. More often times he does. It's like every Seahawks game previous to this year was <laughs> on a loop. It was yeah. the same thing over and over again. Well, I mean, we had a whole bunch of exciting moments the last couple of years where we ended the game and being able to win on the last drives. But this year we just weren't able to to do that. And so the record looks, what, 7-10? and 10? Yeah. But – if you look at the games that we've won previously, if we would have lost those games, we would have probably been 7-9. and nine. You know what I mean? So now that we played an extra game, we could have easily been 10-7 and seven or 11-6, and six, but we just didn't finish even though we were up in the fourth quarter with a couple of minutes left in the game. And so for us, it's just more so about learning how to be able to finish and put a full game together rather than playing like a really really great game against Chicago and then somehow we let it slip under our fingers like that's what was happening what's your level of confidence that Russ will be back as your quarterback I mean I have an extreme level of confidence you know the hardest part is just and you know I told people this too is that none of us ever know if we're safe you know like I was talking to one of my um, best friends the other day and I'm like when you go to like we were like when you get older you realize like when you go to school you have stability right like middle school, elementary, high school, there's stability. Like, you're almost forced to go. But as you go to college, people have a choice to say, I don't want to go to college no more. But when you're in college and you say, I'm going to finish no matter what, you still have stability. But when you come to, like, the real world like this, there's no stability. And so, like, when you come to the NFL and you play, you start learning, like, oh, man, like, you can make the most money and still get cut. Or you can be the cheapest person on the team and still get cut. Like, there's no loyalty and so that's the part that's hard is because you never know. You, you think you're safe if you have the best season of your life, and you still can get traded or cut. You know, and so at that moment, it's like all you can say is, well, this is where I want to be, but you have no control over it. You know, and so all of us are in that position in our lives because as the cap goes up or if people look at my contract, they might say, oh, they need to do this with Tyler. They need to do that. And you have no control over it, but you can only say where you want to be. And if it's not that place, all you can do is make the best of it. What's your what What's your reaction to the Rams being the Super Bowl? Uh, I mean, I, I felt like somebody in our division was going to be in the Super Bowl. You know, I think the Rams did a really great job this year, and I think they showcased why they were the best team in our division this year. Um, it's going to be very interesting when they play Cincinnati. You know, I think if Cincy does what they did against the Chiefs as far as throwing the ball short, they're an explosive team. But they, they, they played a game to where some people was like, oh, my gosh, this is boring. But they played football, right? They was getting took five what the, yards. Took what the seven, defense gave them. And that's what's hard for teams to do. And the Rams are a team that will eliminate explosive plays and be like, we want you to beat us playing boring football. I think the Bengals are a team that could play boring football. Like, they can be able to just run the ball. They can be able to throw five-yard outs, five-yard hitches, and create 14, 15 play drives and win. They showed us versus the Chiefs. They don't have to be the most explosive team in the playoffs like they were against them in the regular season. So I think if they take what the Rams give them, 
I think they might really, really have a great chance to win. But if the Rams are up 10, 14 points, it's hard to come back against the Rams because once you get into that passing-only mode, you got people like Aaron Donald, Von Miller, um, Leonard Floyd. You got a whole bunch of guys that can get to you fast. Um, okay. Uh, w- what do you think happened to uh, Pat Mahomes in the second half of that game? Because, I mean, like, look, I'm, I was actually talking to an NFL GM earlier today, and he told me I was just in a phone call. He was like, Mahomes was rattled. Like, he did, that's not the Mahomes that we played against. What, what happened? I don't know. I mean, I'm not on their team, so I don't really know. I mean, people can think that they got the answers of what could have happened or stuff like that. But, I mean, you really just don't know. I mean, you got to give credit to the other team because the other team knows how to adjust. And that's what I was saying. Like, even when you watch the Chiefs in their game, like, they were they were dominating, right? And they were taking everything that Cincy was giving them. Cincy was giving all the short stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's just like then since he started trying to play the guessing game, and it just so happened that since he started guessing right, you know, and then since he started getting pressure, and it's just hard to be able to keep functioning and moving when you don't have a rhythm. Like we experienced that with the Seahawks. Once we, once we were able to get third downs going, it was like wow, the Seahawks are one of the most best offenses in the league. But when we couldn't get third downs, it's hard to be able to say, okay, look. Y'all going to get three plays and sit down for seven minutes and come back and get three plays and sit down for two minutes, and then we need y'all to put a drive. It's hard, you know, because everybody's – they're not loose anymore. You got to stretch. You're watching the game. You're getting frustrated. Like, like everybody knows what that feeling is like, and sometimes it just happens. Did Russ come back too soon? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he came back when he felt like he needed to come back. And so I'm not no doctor. <laughs> like, if you feel like you could come back, then, hey, you know, you're going to come back. I think that's any of us. We're going to come back when we feel like we're ready to play. Tyler Lockett joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, uh, black women's health is incredibly imperative, right? We, we oftentimes talk about men's health, but in terms of women's health, and I know you're here to help bring awareness to some things that specifically black women need to get checked up on. What are they? Yeah, well, um, one of the things before we get into all that is what I've been telling everybody is just this one thing. When it comes to football, we have all these opportunities in the world, right? We have a chance to play on multiple teams. We have a chance to play with multiple coaches. We have a chance to play with multiple teammates and players. But the one thing that always remains the same is that we only have one body. And so they teach us to eat right, sleep right, and drink right. Because if you don't, that's the fastest way for all of this stuff to be gone. And also to be able to realize that when you need to go get checked, when you have an injury, go get checked. Because you never know how extreme it is. And if you keep waiting until it's very, very extreme, it might be too late. And now you have to get surgery. When people are like, if you would have came in early... We would have been able to help you. Preventative health And so right. now yep. when we're talking about the black women's health imperative, we're trying to encourage all women to be able to get checked in early, to check up early, to get screening done early. Because if it's something that's wrong, they could be able to catch it right there. You don't have to deal with the extreme consequences. But if you keep waiting, then you never know what might end up happening. And so in order for us to enjoy the life that we want to enjoy, to live the life that we want to live, in order to go have all these opportunities, we have to be able to take care of our body eating right, sleeping right, drinking right, all those different types of things. And if we're able to do that, then, you know, hopefully we're able to live a long life. Tyler Lockett, that is, that is, that is great stuff. That is fantastic, fantastic stuff. Hey, man, you had a great year. <laughs> I appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next year in the playoffs. You want to get one Seahawks question in? 
I got, I got about 50. No, just go. Talk about this circle in the NFC West because you seem to have the 49ers number, the Niners number, yeah. uh, Niners have the Rams number, and Rams kind of have your number. Why does it go in a circle like that? Can you explain uh, that? I just think it's the I think it's the schemes and the way that we all play. You know, like when you look at us versus the 49ers, I think that we're really good against the 49ers because – the way that we are within our offense is able to, like, allow us to be successful, like, the way they play defense. But the way that they play defense puts pressure on the way that the Rams play offense. But the way that the Rams play defense, the San Fran, they run the ball so well to where that's how you beat the Rams is you got to be able to run the ball because everybody wants to pass. Then when you play the Cardinals – the Cardinals are a team that does great because they play lots of man-to-man. And so you don't get that sure. in our division. But then all of a sudden, like, whenever, like, the Cardinals play us, it's like we've always been really good at beating man-to-man. And so that's why I said the way that we offenses play different differentiate because then when we're really good at playing man-to-man, we play the Rams and they play all zone. Yeah. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. then it's like they play a different zone than San Fran plays, and so it's like – some defenses just it's, plays in the scheme. No, it's yeah. a it, ma- matchup. It's styles make fights, sure. right? Yeah. Is, 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 styles make fights. La- right. la- we're going to stick in that um, division. I got one more for you. Got one more. If, let's say, a quarterback were to unfollow his team on Instagram and Twitter, not your quarterback, another quarterback, should we in the media think it's something interesting or maybe like a big thing, like a sign of something to come? No, I just think that, you know, people just look into stuff a lot. But why would you unfollow your team? I mean, the same way that some people never follow their team to start with. <laughs> but you can just mute it, right? Can't you just mute the content? <laughs> like, where you're just like, nah. I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, also, you don't know who runs your account. Good point. Like, you know, a lot of people think that this person has to run their account. And it's like, no, like, there's stuff that my marketing people might post on my account. You know, like, you just don't know. But I just think that we're all... We all think that you have to fit this, this like, bill to where it's like you have to do this, you have to follow this. Like, it's your birthday. You have to say it's your birthday. You get married. You have to say that you're married. If yeah. you don't, then it's like, ooh, you're not faithful. You And it's like, no. like thoughts stuff, and, You got to do thoughts and prayers yeah. anytime there's something bad like, that goes on, yeah. right? And so it's just I think we got into this, this lifestyle of how you're supposed to live on social media to where if it's anything outside of what you do in life, it's like, is there something going on? I mean, it might be, it might not be, but I think the media hyping it up is going to make it be something that maybe it would never was. Tyler Lockett, All-Pro, Wide Receiver, Seattle Seahawks. Thanks so much for joining us. No, nah, thank you, man. Y'all tune in Saturday night at the Gospel Awards. It's going to be a big announcement, too. All right, that's All right. That, that, that's awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Reminding uh, women, especially black women, the black women's health imperative. Uh, we're going to talk to our first-ever Washington commander. Commander. That's upcoming next, but first, Bet River Sportsbook wants to invite you to discover the complete sports betting experience, the foundation of that experience, a massive, massive number of betting options on nearly every regulated sporting event around the world. Add on top of that, live streaming of sports every day. There's almost always a live match to watch on Bet River Sportsbook, and you can do it right on your phone. Bet Rivers features top tier customer service. They're ready to answer your questions anytime, day or night. Plus, they have the unique rush pay system, and Bet Rivers Sportsbook can authorize most withdrawal requests instantly, and customer satisfaction is always the number one priority. Bet Rivers is going to match your first deposit up to $250. Now, unlike some other sportsbooks, Bet Rivers 
only requires a one-time pay through to turn your bonuses into cash. Experience the difference. Go to BetRivers.com. See it for yourself. You got to be 21, President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBER. Remember, that is BetRivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. This just feels weird. Feels weird to say Washington Commanders. I don't know. Who do you play for? The Commanders. What league is that? The National Football League, right? I, I bring that up because Jonathan Allen's kind enough, the Pro Bowler's kind enough to stop by and, and hang out with us for, for a minute. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, look, you walk into a room and guys like, you know, especially come out of the Super Bowl, I'm sure you get off the airplane like, hey, man, who do you play for? And, like, the Commanders. Who? You know, the Washington. <laughs> it's a funny story. I was at the Pro Bowl, and this guy's like, you got to play football. Who do you play for? And I was like, you know, at first I wanted to say Redskins just because if you're not a fan of football, that's the easiest name sure, for people to remember. Of course. But I was like, you know, I play for the Washington Commanders. And he was like, oh, so, like, you're still trying to make the NFL, right? <laughs> and I was like, no, like, you know, that's the new name for the Washington football team, which was the Redskins. And. And then we just had a good laugh. And he was like, all right, well, you know, I'm about to head to the Pro Bowl. Like, you should check it out. Like, I went to practice the other day, and it was great. And I was like, you know what? I think I might check it out. What, uh, what was the Pro Bowl like? It was, it was so surreal, just, like, hanging out with all the guys, seeing, like, even though I've been in the league for five years, when you see certain guys, it's like, man, like, I really, like, admire your game. I like the way you play. And just be able to share the field with them is an honor. Okay. Um, who's the one guy who you kind of – you were – you hadn't, you didn't get a chance ever to meet previously. You met, and you wanted to say that to uh, Cam Jordan. I thought he was just so cool. Spent a lot of time with him, hung out. Just, a, just a good dude, and even more of a baller on the field. Yeah, no, he's he's one of those guys, and we're gonna have him. I think later today. Is that right, Jay? Do we have him? Do we have Cam Jordan later today? Yeah, we have Cam Jordan next hour. Make sure and play that play that for him. But uh, yeah, Cam is a he's a good dude. He kind of totally gets it, like yeah. very comfortable in who he is and what he does. Yeah, and it's. It's uh, fasting. Um, what you guys season? I guess it's so many injuries, you know? I mean, last year, obviously, kind of snuck into the playoffs, obviously. but um, And you gave, gave the Buccaneers as good a game as, as anybody. But to have the, the litany of injuries that you guys had, what was that like for you personally? It's tough. It really is tough. And I feel like there's times where the worst thing you could do is blame your season on the injuries. Every team deals with injuries. Yes, I feel like we dealt with more than some of the other teams did. But when you give yourself an excuse or a way out, like, oh, we didn't do this because of injuries or, oh, we didn't do that because of injuries, it gives you an excuse. And excuses get you nowhere in the league. So I think for, for, for me personally, I just try to focus. I'm going to be the most consistent player I can be. I'm going to make sure. I'm, I mean, obviously injuries, you know, knock on wood, can happen anytime. And you can't plan for them. But, you know, my whole mindset was just trying to make sure I'm the most consistent I can be for my team. What what? What has it been like for you? You know, you've undergone a transformation, not just from a great college player to a great pro player, but also the changing of the defense in Washington. 
What's that like for you in terms of going to work and doing what you do when you guys switch to the 4-3? You know, Coach Saban would always say you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And whenever you get comfortable, you don't have growth. So, I mean, it's definitely not something that I wanted to do at first. I, I was comfortable in the 3-4. I felt like that I could make plays there. But I feel like switching to the 4-3 has really, you know, taken my career to the next level and made me re-challenge myself. And I feel like you have to do that every year in the NFL. Yeah, there's, there, there's, there's no question. Which team... Which team do you find yourself kind of gravitating more towards in the Super Bowl, right? You got the Rams, which is kind of a list of, like, they got some dudes that everybody knows. They got some stars, right? But then the, the Bengals, they got some of these young cats on offense. I mean, you know, I mean, you got a quarterback and a wide receiver who would kind of take, feel like they're taking the league by storm. But they got all kinds of other dudes as well. Joe Mixon is a running back. You know, they got Tyler Boyd as well. Which team do you end up kind of gravitating more towards not necessarily thinking they're the better team, but the one that you you enjoy more, you're more drawn to. My whole family is from Cincinnati, Ohio. So when I say I grew up with the Carson Palmer and the Chad Johnson and the TJ Huchmanzada, and I never forget when they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first play, Carson Palmer throws like a 60-yard bomb to Chad Johnson, but tear, blows his knee yeah, out. And Kimo Van so, Olhoffen ran out, rolled up on his knee. Yeah, so I remember how much pain my family was in. So this Super Bowl is like, I want the, I really want the Bengals to win. I like Joe Burrow. There's just something about him. Like, how can you not like him? You just, just swagged up and just a good dude. But then I, I, I look at the matchup and I'm just like, the, bang, yeah. the Bengals are going to need Joe Burrow is going to have to be Joe Burrow. You mentioned Kimo Van Ohoffen rolling up on Carson Palmer's knee. You obviously got a chance to play with with Alex Smith going back two years ago. What was that like? Like, I mean, you know, you're sitting there. That, that dude's knee was, leg was mangled, mangled. But to, to, to have a guy like that make it back to the NFL as a guy on the younger side of what's going to be likely a 20-year career, what was that like for you? It was it was tough. Um Team-wise, it was tough because we were 6-2, and two, just beat the Cowboys and the Giants at home. We were feeling good, and after he went down, we won one more game for the rest of the season. For him, it was, it was devastating, man. One thing is always pray for health on both sides of the football because after I broke my foot my rookie year, that was my first time ever missing time because of an injury. I know what it does to a player, like emotionally, like, like you're depressed like when you're not be able to be able to be out there with your guys. And seeing him, I mean, we all thought that's the end of your career. And who wants to go out like that? So I think it's a testament to him to be able to fight back and come back. And, man, Alex Smith is a dude. I love him. Yeah, no, he's an, he's an amazing guy. We should point out that you're a pretty amazing person for all the things that you've done. That's why you've been recognized as a Walter Payton Man of the Year candidate. You're the candidate for the Washington football team. Was that, in, with, with all the things you've done, was that a thought in your mind, right? Like, all these things I'm doing are going to be recognized? Like, what, what has brought you to live this life of service? The biggest thing that I always try to remind myself is, is, is when you're an NFL player, it's easy to become a little blown up. And I feel like I try really hard to bring myself back down in any way I can. I pray about it, and I just try to remember that winning this award will be huge. Not for me, just because I know the money is going to go to a great spot. And that's what I try to remind myself in anything is to remember that football is what I do. It's not who I am. What, where, where's the money going to go? It's going to go to Sasha Bruce Youth Work. They're a, they're a congregation of houses in the D.C. area that, you know, some service um, – single moms, the one I work with services, underage youths who are kind of like, not runaways, but don't really have a place to go, homeless, so a bunch of stuff like that, and I know it, D.C. is a community that can use that money so well. What, what made you want to get involved with them? So I was actually spent, I actually spent a little bit of time in a homeless shelter growing up, 
And when I first got to the league, I knew I wanted to do something with the community, but I, I wanted it to be more than just me donating. I wanted it to be something that I'm actually passionate about, so I would want to go back and help, and something that was close to home. So, they, you know, after talking to Luke and my wife, and that's kind of what we thought of as a group would be the best way for me to give back and actually impact, not just slap my name on something and, and give it, but actually be a part of the community, let the kids see my face as someone who was in their position. You know, it, it's amazing. How... How are you able to persevere through those tough times? Like what is, if, if somebody's listening and they're going through something or they want to relate it to somebody who's going through something like you went through when you were a kid, how did you persevere to live this dream? I would say my brother. My brother was seven years older than me. We were going through that at the same time. And without him, I don't, I don't think I'm here today. You know, obviously God blessed me tremendously. And understanding that I had somebody like my brother, I mean, I obviously understand. I, I will never be that to another kid. I'll never be like a brother. But if I can be a face of familiarity, comfort, consistency, and not someone who's going to go over there and give them a motivational speech, but just really just spend genuine time with them and be real with them, answer the real tough questions that they're uncomfortable. They're very uncomfortable. And you know kids are brutally honest. So just try to be that consistent face, you know, in their life as best as I can. You know, it's interesting because when you guys had the little sideline blow up, you know, because of the reputation that you have, there wasn't a single person that was like, oh, Donald Allen, he's part of the but 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 you know, I've been part of teams like that stuff happens right like guys are gonna come at one another. What what's it like to to have then you're playing in a game you go at it with a teammate and you get home and everybody's talking about it. What's that like from your from your from your perspective? The 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 hard one of the hardest things about being in the NFL is everything you do is scrutinize and criticize. Right. And I understand that and that's what we signed up for. And the thing I would never want to paint is the image that I'm a perfect person I don't I make mistakes all the time literally all the time I tweet dumb stuff I say stuff I just talk right and one thing you're a human being yeah one thing I pride myself on is I always try to answer questions honestly and when I do that I have to make sure I say it a certain way because I mean when you answer honest there's going to be sensitive subjects that are talked about but I'm human and the biggest thing I've always learned is if you mess up just stand up for hey that's on me I apologize I made that mistake I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow from that. And it's tough because we live in a cancel culture society, but all I can all I can be is who I can be. You know, I'm going to try to lead with the best foot forward. I'm going to try to be genuine, authentic, and, you know. And and maybe that's why you're Walter Payton, man of the year candidate, because you are authentic, you are real, you are raw, and these things you're doing are absolutely things that, that help the community. Hey, Amen. Great season. Thanks so much for joining us. Look forward to seeing you in a commander uniform. <laughs> I didn't like the red I thought the black were okay. The white looks the white looks pretty clean. I like the white ones. Wait till you see them in person. On camera, they, they look a little funny on camera, but in person, they don't give that same vibe. Maybe because the lights and the flash, right. and they might reflect a little bit. All I'll say to anyone who doesn't like it, which is a lot, which understandable, wait till you see them in person. Wait till you see a little dirt on them, a little little mud, a little blood on them before you judge them. That's all I ask. All right, just make sure you're careful when you're shaking hands and signing autographs at the stadium. We've seen what, what can happen. <laughs> that, that thing gives way in a, in, a, in a heartbeat. Thanks so much for joining us. No, I appreciate it. Jonathan Allen joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Check out the latest lines from World of Sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Um, you must be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Wait till you hear what Colin Cowherd said about the Lakers 
Oh, oh, we'll get to that in a second. First, here's Dan Byer. Dan, what do you got? Doug, I need my airtime. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell called the allegations made in the lawsuit by Brian Flores is, quote, very disturbing, end quote, all part of Goodell's annual State of the League address. As for the allegations that the Dolphins were tanking and that Stephen Ross was awarding bonuses for losses, Goodell said the integrity of the game is very important and that they will deal with it very seriously. Goodell also announced that the NFL will host a game in Munich, Germany next season with four games being played in the country over the next four years. Munich's going to host two of those games. Frankfurt, Germany's going to host another two. Mexico City will once again host a game in the 2022 NFL season. The NFL says they will conduct their own investigation into allegations made against Commander's owner Dan Snyder. Sixers and Nets still talking trade that could have Ben Simmons going to Brooklyn in exchange for James Harden. ESPN characterized the conversations by saying the sides are quote, in the deal zone. Lakers forward LeBron James and guard Russell Westbrook question for tonight's game in Portland. Check out the latest lines for the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Doug? The Deal Zone. The Deal Zone. You have entered the Deal Zone. All right, I'll tell you what we have entered, what the Fox says zone next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Now, this guy would know a thing or two about playing in a Super Bowl. He played in one, of course, now part of a defense that saw a complete turnaround, kind of fell apart at the end of the year. We'll get to that. He's the linebacker coach for the New England Patriots. He's synonymous with the Patriots, the only team he ever played for. Gerard Mayo joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Gerard, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Um, now, pleasure's all ours. When I say Super Bowl week, having played and won a Super Bowl, what memories come to your mind? Yeah, you know, those are, I feel like life is all about moments, right? I know we always look at our clock and, you know, the time, what time is it, but it's all about creating moments. And this is one of those opportunities. Now, someone's going to walk away with a sad moment and someone's going to walk away with a great moment that they'll remember the rest of their lives. But it's definitely, uh, it's, it's an exciting time at the same time. These guys have to look at it as a business trip uh, because we lost in 2011 as well. Right, so I've lost one and won one. So sure. I know both sides of the fence I, when it comes to that. But you know, best of luck to those guys, and hopefully they create moments that will last a lifetime. I, I want the record to state I did not bring up the loss. I pretended like it. I pretended like it, it, it didn't <laughs> you did happen. Pretend like it never happened. No, I, 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 I did. Uh, so, so I guess that that there is the the question: like, what memories are stronger, the loss or the win? Uh, for me, uh, the loss is stronger, you know, because I was hurt. I was hurt in that last game um, against Seattle, so I was on the sideline. But you know, the loss definitely hurt bad, um, you know, because there were plays throughout that game that I vividly remember. Where if we would have just if we would have just made that play or just yeah. made that play, if you have too many of those, you end up losing the Super Bowl. So uh, those those are the ones you definitely they stink for a long time. Tom Brady retired. Obviously, he was a uh... He was the leader. He was the quarterback. Um, you experienced a win with him in the Super Bowl. You experienced a loss. When I when 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 people talk about Tom Brady, we're all just viewers. We all just experienced it through a television set or watching in per- person. I, I've made the case that like, look, you can point out Aaron Rodgers more athletic. Other guys might throw a better ball, but 
winning is not an accident, right? There's a reason this guy what, – what is it? What's the secret sauce that has allowed Tom Brady I mean, to win? Yeah, he, he's the ultimate competitor, and I would say he's able to change the page faster than most. You know, I remember coming back from, I think we were playing the Chargers. It was someone on the West Coast. Uh, we were coming back east, and we had just won the game. He was already looking at the next game on the film. He wasn't even studying the game that we just won. He was already moving on, and that just mentality to me has always been something that I thought was a strength of his. Another thing I don't want to get lost, like – those, you know, New England's had some great teams over those years as well, sure. right? You talk about a bunch of good players, Hall of Fame players. You know, think about when I came into the league on that defense alone, you know, you had Richard Seymour, Vince Wilford, Teddy Bruschi, Mike Vrabel, Rodney Harrison in the back end. You had Randy Moss, Wes Welker. You had Kevin Falk. Like, those teams were stacked, too, stacked. now. Let's not get it, no, let's no, not no, get no. it twisted. Like, if you were to put, if you were to no. put Tom on, on another team during that time, like, say, Cleveland, Cleveland during those years, then it would have been a little bit different, but those teams were, those teams were pretty good. No, no question about it. What what was the decision like to get into coaching? Uh, you know, it was easy. You know, I, I actually took three years off, and I went and worked in corporate America for uh, United Health Group, Optum, which is the health health. Uh, uh, the health services side of the fence. But I actually did that for three years, but I always had the itch to come back and coach and be around the guys. And for me, it's all about developing, developing people. Uh, I get more excited when those guys make plays than they do. I get more excited when they make a Pro Bowl or get a new contract than they do. Because for me, it's about how do I put this mirror in front of their face and show them the things that they are doing wrong so they can get to where they want to go. Right or become the player that they want to become, and so I enjoy doing that. Whether we're talking about coaching, whether we're talking about with my kids, and I have four kids here, same thing. It's just about developing people, and I believe in servant leadership, and that's kind of how I live. What happened to Judon, for example, at the end of the year? What happened? This team was, and especially your guys' side of the ball, the defense was trending in the way of being a dominant group, and then it seemed to fall apart late. What happened? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, first of all, let's give credit to you know some of the teams that we played. You know, as far as game plan, the coaches and players included. Um, you think about it, the Dolphins and even Buffalo twice, right? And you know that's uh, that's always a tough matchup. But you're right. You know, we faded at the end, and that's just something. And I take that on my shoulders, uh, 100% squarely. Uh, it's it's our jobs as coaches to make sure these guys are ready to go and feel comfortable with the game plan. Now, in saying that, I'm not talking about rah-rah speeches. I'm talking about, you know, these guys feel comfortable with the game plan. They're able to go out there and play fast, not be paralyzed through analyzing what's going on. And, and that's our job, and we just got to do a better job of that going forward. So I look forward to having these key free agents that we had this past year really going to year two with a better understanding of our offense and defense, right, and really how we, how we operate here in New England and see what we can put out on the field this upcoming year. You, you obviously were a former great player. You're a Super Bowl champion. You're well-decorated. You're, you're doing the little things uh, early on in your career to ultimately, I would assume, be a, not just a coordinator but, but a head coach. I, I, you're, you're not blind, deaf, or dumb. You know about the Brian Flores lawsuit. Obviously, he's connected with the Patriots. What, what's your reaction to Brian's lawsuit? Yeah, you know, I, I totally understand his. Uh, I totally understand uh, B. Flo's frustration. Uh, I understand the the generation before me. I think it's. 
I think it's key you have to pay homage to the generation before you. At the same time, not stand in line like some people will want you to do. But you have to say, like, all right, Leslie Frazier, this guy's been doing it at a high level for a long time. What's the problem? B. Flo, he's done it at a high level. First time, you know, they've had winning seasons in back-to-back years. Like, what's the problem? You got to look at guys like even even the enemy. Like, I don't know the full stories either. So I'm not sitting here saying these guys should have jobs or shouldn't. What I'm saying is these guys should have legitimate shots. And, you know, it's kind of frustrating, you know, from their perspective. Now, from my personal perspective, I have, I've had three interviews over the last two years, right? One with the Eagles last year and two this year with the Raiders and the, and the Broncos. Now, it, was it, did I know it was an uphill, uh, uphill battle? Absolutely. At the same time, I think I, I presented myself well. I think those guys walked away uh, impressed with what I had to say um, and just my overall presence. Um, so from my perspective, I went into all those situations as these are learning experiences for me totally. because I'm a younger coach, right? And that's how I looked at it, right? You're not, I mean, you got you got to do you got to go through the process to know how to do the process, right? I mean, it's it's a yeah, it, but. But what I would say about that is like what is like what is the process? Because what what happens most of the time, and this is what the military is kind of run into as well, right? And so, and this is why a lot of high performers in the military are like, forget this, I'm getting out, I'm going to the private sector. But like most of the time, people say, all right, you have to be a quality control, then you become a position coach, then you become a coordinator, then you become a head coach, right? So wherever that line, like however that timetable was put into place, I think you really have to rethink that because those skill sets needed to do each one of those jobs is different. Right, the different same thing that, with the military where but, it's like, all right, you got to do this for five right, right. years before you get promoted to lieutenant. All right, but, you got to do this I, for I, 10 years do, before you get promoted. You know, and so that's a problem. And so people get bored. I, I don't I don't necessarily think that I don't think you have to be I don't think you have to climb the ladder in terms of every job. I when I'm talking about the process, I mean just the process of interviewing. Right. Like you have to you have to go through you have to have a couple of interviews to know how to interview, know what you need to oh, do to prepare. Sure. Right. I mean, like that is I, I, I mean, like I, I would I would assume you learned a lot after your first interview. You're like, man, I, I had never done that before. Now I feel like the next time I'll be more prepared. The next time I'll be more prepared. And then when 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 everything aligns. Right. Then it's then you get the job. Like that's I mean, I, uh, B. Flo is the perfect example. The year before he got the job, I know a team he interviewed for. And they were like, I think he's like a year or two years away. But he was really impressive, right. presented himself well, but maybe just a couple of tweaks. Other guys, they don't. I agree with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I would. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing. It's like a part of the industry that we're not really privy to. And you don't know until you actually go through it. And I'm sure after going through it, you're now the next time. Even even more prepared. All right, last thing. This is the easiest partnership probably you've ever done, right? Last name is Mayo, <laughs> and you're and you're you're pushing Hellman's Mayo uh, on us. But I I want to. What is your favorite thing to have Mayo on? Look, I I love to put Mayo on everything. I'm talking club sandwiches. I'm talking deviled eggs. I'm talking Parmesan crusted chicken. My wife makes a nice Parmesan crusted chicken nice. with Hellman's mayonnaise. Don't ask me how she does it because she's a chef, but it's fantastic, and um, th- those are my those are my go tos. All right, well, listen, uh, you, you got to pick up your Hellman's uh, Mayo. Get ready for the big game, and remember Gerard Mayo, who soon I'm sure will be a head coach in the National Football League. Don't forget the little people along the way, and thanks for being our guest. Never, I uh, appreciate it. Thanks, guys.